Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle, creator of the Teenage Personality Quiz. Head to TalkingToTeens.com for a free PDF explaining how your teenager thinks. We are here today with Richie Jackson, the author of the new book, Gay Like Me, A Father Writes to His Son. Richie is an award-winning Broadway, television, and film producer who most recently produced the Tony-nominated Torch Song on Broadway. He was the executive producer of Showtime's Nurse Jackie and co-executive producer of the film Short Bus. He and his husband were honored with the Trevor Project's 2016 Trevor Hero Award. They live in New York City with their two sons, and their oldest son recently turned 18, and Richie realized that there were a lot of things that he wanted to tell him before he left. So he put it all together in this book, Gay Like Me, A Father Writes to His Son. And I'm really interested to talk to him about the process of writing the book and figuring out what he wanted to say to his son and what he determined was the most important things to teach a gay kid growing up. Richie, thank you so much for making the time to come on the show today. Your background is on Broadway and also in television, do, producing Nurse Jackie for Showtime. Yes. Well, so uh, that is is awesome. Uh, <laughs> so I'm super interested in what your journey was to get there, and then what propelled you to write this book. Right. So I had produced Nurse Jackie for seven seasons on Showtime, and my career was. I produced theater and film and had gone to school to be a producer. And that was where my career was. And so when Nurse Jackie ended, I had this idea to write a TV series about an older gay man and a younger gay man who are thrown together as roommates and try to look at how different it is to be gay now versus when I yeah. was a teenager in 1983. And I thought the hilarity would ensue. <laughs> and and then, then just as I was coming up with these character descriptions and plot outlines, uh, my husband and I have two children and our older son who was 15 at the time told us he was gay. And I thought, oh, this is happening right at our dinner table. This is not a TV show, it's real life. And I was thrilled. I wanted him to be gay. I had hoped he'd be gay. And then he said, Dad, being gay is not a big deal. My generation doesn't think it's a big deal. And I said, oh, no, being gay is a really big deal. It's the best thing about me. It's the most important thing about me. 
And I didn't want him to be one of these people that diminishes it and demeans it by saying, well, gay doesn't define me. I just happen to be gay because he would break his own heart and not take full advantage of the gift that it is. So I started to think of all the things I needed to share with him to tell him what it means to be a gay man. Yeah. And then Donald Trump was elected and declared war on the gay community. And he took with him to Washington, Mike Pence, Jeff Sessions, Betsy DeVros, all who are more of an imminent threat to our son than ISIS or North Korea. And then I had to warn him what it takes to be a gay man in America. And that's, that was the impetus for the book. And so did you start actually as writing this just to your son? And then at some point along the way, you realized you had to publish it or someone told you you had to publish it or what? So it started as a letter to my son. And one day my friend Ariana Huffington asked me, what was I thinking about? What was I excited about? And I said, well, I'm writing this book. And she said, that's an important book that we have to get your message out. And she introduced me to her book agent, who then, you know, made this all happen for me. Well, it's a beautiful book Thank and you. it's beautifully written and it's very personal, but the messages that you talk about are universal, I think. And it's about your family, but it's also about our culture and it's about your story, but it's also about this just reads like all conversations that parents should be having um, with their kids. I think regardless of your of your kid's sexuality, these are things that you should be talking about. I'm, I'm happy you think so. You know, there's so much we're not taught about ourselves growing up and especially yeah. LGBTQ youth. And our parents aren't equipped on their own to uh, help us. And so I feel like I got to write the book I so desperately needed when I was young, the book our son needs, the book so many of us are hungry for and that our parents need and our straight friends need to read to understand us better. Okay, so talk to me about a play that your mom took you to um, yes. called Torch Song Trilogy that you mentioned in this book was kind of a pivotal experience in your life and kind of shaped your trajectory into adulthood. Right. So when I was in high school in 1982, when there were no out movie stars, there was no representation or visibility on TV or in movies or in magazine ads. There were no out elected officials. Nobody was talking about gay people back then. My mother came home from a day in the city, a day in New York City. We lived on Long Island. And she said, I just saw this unbelievable play with this incredible actor who was also the playwright. And on my way out, I bought tickets to take you. I thought, we don't have enough money to buy tickets at the box office. And we never bought tickets for something we've seen before. So I was like, yeah. what is the urgency? And I said, what's it about? She said, homosexuality. And my mother took me to see Harvey Firestein in Torch Song Trilogy. And I had not told her I was gay. I hadn't no. told anybody. 
the character that Harvey played, Arnold, was the very first gay man I ever came in contact with. And he wanted what I wanted. He wanted to be a father and he wanted a relationship. Those were the only two goals I've ever had in my life. So I was completely taken with this entire experience. But at the end, the play culminates with the character Arnold having a fight with his mother. And the mother says, had I known you were going to be gay, I would never have had you. And afterwards, my mother took me to dinner and said, you know, if you ever came home and said you were gay, I would never react like the mother in that play. She used theater as a crystal ball to show me a life that could be possible for me. And my mother had no gay friends, no gay coworkers. It was her own humanity that had her bring me to see this play and introduce me to this world that was going to be my life. And it was a real lifeline yeah. for me. I think that's such a great tool for parents, though, to be able to use something that's happening in the culture or something else that you see to kind of begin a conversation or as kind of a way in. So that's that's really cool that she did that, I think, and obviously had a huge impact on you. And, you know, um, we just talk so much about how important it is to have models. And right. as a as a teenager, you need to have models for what your life could look like. And so interesting that this was the first gay man that you have been exposed to at all. And that shows you what our media was at the time and, and still is largely, right? Um, that there aren't models for you to look to of like, what could my life be? And how, how could I live my life? That's why I talk about in my book for, for parents of LGBTQ kids, and really any kid who might be other or if they need to see themselves, look to art, look to writers, mm. to artists, to theater, and you can help your child understand themselves better, and you can make them feel less alone. And art teaches you that your otherness is a gift. You talked about this earlier, but one of the things that I had marked in this book is on page 65, you talk about the this idea that people say, you know, being gay doesn't define me. Gay is just a part of me. I just happen to be gay. And you say these are all dismissals, rendering gay as incidental, merely matter of fact. Why is this attitude uh, damaging? And why do you hope that your son thinks differently about his identity? That's a very good question. Thank you. Uh, you know, being gay is the best thing about me. And it had everything good in my life has come from my gayness. Everything I think, feel, crave, create comes out of this deep well of my gayness. And I think if you diminish it, if you demean it, if you say, if you say, oh, I just happen to be gay. That means you're putting it in a tiny little corner of your life. And you're not taking advantage of the freedom that being gay gives you, the, the blank canvas of what your life can be, the creativity, 
the incredible community to which you are a part of and the, the incredible people that you will love and that will love you. And part of being a strong gay person is not breaking your own heart. It is very hard to be gay in America. You have to have double vision. You have to have a one view. You have to have America's clear-eyed view of how they treat you, how they see you, how you're at battle with the government, how laws don't protect you, how you're not always safe. But in your other view, you have to see your beautiful gayness, your divinity, your vision board for the future, what your destiny. And part of being gay is holding those two visions every day and making sure you don't let America's view of you seep in and poison your own special view of your gayness. So if you're demeaning your gayness, if you're belittling it, you're basically doing the work of our adversaries. And I don't want my son to do that. So if you're a parent, what can you say or what can you do, especially if you feel like your kid is kind of adopting this attitude a little bit or you notice comments that are sort of negative? What could you say or what do you think you could do? Well, I think one of the things that parents could do to help their LGBTQ youth is build up their self-esteem. And you do that by teaching them LGBTQ history and not out of some sense of responsibility. It's not like, oh, you have to know your history. If you teach them their history, they will feel less alone and they will see that they are part of this incredible continuum of people who have always changed our world. That will empower them. And then if you teach them, as I said before, if you expose them to art and literature, LGBTQ thinkers, writers, and artists, they will see that their otherness is a superpower and they will see how to activate it. And if they activate it, then that will give them a better sense of self than if they're trying to fit into the straight world, if they're trying to soften the edges of their gayness, if they're trying to pass or get along to get, you know, to go along to get along. I think a good parent lesson would be don't scrub off your gayness, invest in it, rely on it, have faith in it. And that, that will build up their sense of this superpower. I love that. We recently had Peggy Orenstein on the Mm -hmm. podcast. Wow. And she was talking about uh, kind of like the similar concept, but for women and how like this, our education system is so male focused and it's like for girls going through school, like you you know, she went to this one teacher's class for reporting for one of her early book school girls, where it was like this teacher in middle school who forced people to at least do projects on women and stuff. And it was like this like eye-opening experience for the students because they were like, wow, there's like so many women in history that like, we had no idea and we didn't know about it. And I had the same thought reading your book is because you talk about and hear how there's like, there's, we got the gay Rosa Parks, you know, right. there's like this whole, um, there's, there's a whole history that is just not taught. That's completely glossed over, um, that the, the LGBTQ history, right. That 
It's Imagine like, if you are a young LGBTQ kid sitting in your elementary school while you're being yeah. taught about Martin Luther King and the I Have a Dream speech and that March on Washington. And imagine if the teacher also told those children that Bayard Rustin, who organized that march, was a black gay man. If that fact was mentioned to young gay people when they were in yeah. elementary school, that would be a lifesaver for them. Yeah, it's like just erased from the history books, right? Or it's just completely, it's like completely disregarded. Um, yeah, so that means the students are erased as they're sitting there. They're yeah, literally right. erased. You just don't feel like you're represented anywhere. Not anywhere, no. We're here with Richie Jackson talking about his book, Gay Like Me, A Father Writes to His Son. And we're not done yet. Here's a quick look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. You know, the first thing I would teach young straight kids is that words matter. When we don't talk to kids about sex, it can start to feel, especially for gay kids, it can start to feel like it's a free pass. You know, I wanted to tell him everything I thought he needed to know about sex to go out into the world and be able to take care of himself and take care of his partners. Less than 7% of LGBTQ kids get an inclusive sex ed education. So we're not teaching them how to take care of themselves. We're not teaching them how to take care of their partners. Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get unlimited access to all the interviews I've conducted. It's completely affordable. And your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.